Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean, and I'm super excited about our interview today. I'm interviewing um, a colleague um, and a dear friend, Michelle Gerby, and she is a chiropractor um, that has worked with the Tummy Team for years and um, is doing, it just has such a huge heart for women and women's health. And um, you know, we've, we've collaborated on a couple projects together, and she's starting a whole new direction in her career. And I just wanted to share what she's doing and uh, how she's doing. So hi, Michelle, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, it's so good to see your face. I know that we only we only use the uh, audio file for our podcast. We don't use videos right now. But um, we do it over a camera. So we get to see each other, which is kind of fun. Um, so why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself, you know, just about you, about your profession, you know, all of that. Sure. So I have been a chiropractor for 15 years now. And I, when I was in school, my mom is a nurse midwife. I realized that I totally had the bug to work with pregnant women. And I realized at the time, most of my profession were men. And nobody was really interested in pregnancy stuff or postpartum. And I saw this huge need because who has musculoskeletal pain that needs non-drug, non-surgical intervention more than pregnant women? I mean, it's such a rapid period of development in your body. And so even in school, I started going to every seminar I could about pregnancy, um, the students in the student health center, students, partners got treated for free. And we treated, so I treated tons of pregnant ladies. All my classmates, partners were at home having babies. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of, I always did that. And then that one thing led to another and I started treating postpartum women. And then I started treating babies. And uh, down the road, I also became a lactation consultant. And so I've just sort of gotten really interested in the needs of women in their childbearing years and taken a few deep dives on things. And I I got really interested in uh, abdominal rehab and pelvic floor rehab when I was in my first practice, in my first years in practice. And I remember this one mom who I was treating and I didn't have kids at the time. And, you know, so I was all naive and ignorant. And then I was like, you know, if you, if I can just get you to go walk and get some more exercise, you're not going to need to see me. And she was like, I know, I know. And I said, let's, let's do a, we were doing a re-exam. So we're kind of um, looking at her posture and her alignment and her biomechanics. And I asked her to bend forward and she voided her entire bladder in my room. And she started sobbing and she was sitting there in wet sweatpants down to her ankles. And she has said, I didn't want to tell you this is why I can't exercise. I don't know what to do. And and she was just sobbing and distraught. And, you know, and her baby was less than three months old. And I just thought, my gosh, this poor woman is just suffering. And, And she feels like she's the only person going through this issue. And she doesn't know what to do. And she's in my office. And here I am encouraging her, trying to help her through exercise. But, you know, she couldn't even get to that point. And that's when I really realized that even though in school, I think this was in my first or second year in practice, you know, I had sought out all of this information. There was still a lot I didn't know. And there was still a lot I didn't learn. And so I initially started referring women to uh, physical therapists and pelvic floor physical therapists. And then I kind of had this revolt on my hands where they were like, Michelle, I know you. I trust you. If anybody's going to be working my pelvic floor, it's going to be you. I want you to go get trained. 
And so before I actually came to DR rehab and diastasis repair work, I kind of entered into it more through pelvic floor. And I, I saw that's pretty common, actually. Yeah. There's, there's more training um, there's about more training. pelvic floor than there yeah. is. Then, then there is, um, yeah, then there is about diastasis. So people go pelvic floor first, and that is a way to go, um, but we'll talk about why I do it differently. Well, yeah, I feel like it's putting the cart before the horse. So I did all this pelvic floor training. I did a kind of a residency within my profession for chronic pelvic pain. I did internal pelvic floor release work. I mean, I, I really did a lot of pelvic floor training. And even at that point, it wasn't until I was pregnant with my first kiddo, and you know, he's now 11, I realized that I was really still missing the boat because I would have pelvic floor clients who had had babies who they were having maybe improvement in their pelvic discomfort or their urinary symptoms, but they really weren't getting back their full quality of life. And I would note, oh yeah, you have a little bit of a diastasis, but like I had really never learned how to rate it, how to assess it. I had really never learned until I met you the interplay between the rectus muscles and the pelvic floor and the diaphragm and really how that all goes together. And I, I had this huge aha moment that I was missing the boat. But before I had met you, I looked online for training and it was all just like exercise. It was all exercise and it just focused on the rectus, on the transverse abdominal muscles and getting them strong. But it still never took into account pelvic floor, diaphragm, the whole cylinder of support. There's a lot of fitness people out there. There's a lot of people out there um, and there still is. I feel like there's a new person, a new fitness specialist in DR every day. I get they pop yeah. up in my social media feed, and they make it look like, oh, you just do these couple of exercises, and here you'll be back to doing planks, you know, and you'll yes. be back to yeah. jumping on the trampoline, and and it is so much. Um, it's more complicated, but also simpler in some ways mm-hmm. than that. And it, it's just a slightly off, and I think it's misleading. And I, I'm, I'm surprised or encouraged that you at least knew to look for a diastasis. You'd at least heard that term. I cannot tell you how many physical therapists and chiropractors come out of PT school or have been working in this field for a really long time and don't even know the term or maybe have heard the term, but it's not connected to rehab in any way. It's kind of like, oh yeah, there's this condition that kind of happens. And that's all we know. We don't know, is it supposed to happen? Is it not supposed to happen? Does it get better on its own? Can we treat it? Like, or it's just or where of, does it fit into the bigger picture yeah, of what well, that person is going through? Or it's like, well, yeah. that's unfortunate for you that that happened. You know, so sorry. Um, good luck with that, you know, or surgery. You know, it's yes. like this very elusive topic. And now that there are a lot of people doing this work, which I'm excited about, it's scary in a somewhat because everybody comes at it from their point of view and it can be in their background and you know, what they're passionate about, um, and their training. And, and sometimes it can be overwhelming and confusing for the consumer. Right. I totally agree with you. And, and I think, you know, when I first met you 11 years ago, and I still see some of this now, and I think your work is really different and this is what makes it better and stand out is that, you know, it was sort of like the Kegel approach to abdominal rehab. It was like, if, 10 aren't working, do 20. And if 20 aren't working, do 30. And if 30 aren't working, do 60. And oh, you're up to 100 a day. You know, and I still see this. And I still see women come in with plans that they've purchased online for DR rehab. Is that okay if I use that term? Does everybody in your audience know what we're talking about for diastasis recti rehab? But, you know, it's kind of this like more, 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 but nobody is looking at like, what muscles are working too much? What is snoozing? Who's offline? How do we bring everything together? And I, I tell women all of the time, 
those approaches are like if you have an orchestra and it's out of tune and all you do is make them practice more, 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 more. It doesn't matter if it's four hours a day or 14 hours a day. It's never going to sound good. You have to tune it. You have to tune everybody up. Yeah. Sometimes you're, you're doing people, the wrong like, things for the right reasons or yes. still the wrong things. And, and doing more of the wrong things just gets you stronger at the wrong thing. Yeah. And it reinforces the motor patterns that are getting you into that pain pattern in the first place. And I think that's where like working with you and bringing that level of education to my work was like a real aha moment for me and really changed how I practice you know, and how I approach it, because, you know, first of all, moms are strapped for time. So nothing makes a new mom more angry that they're actually carving out their half an hour, or 20 minutes a day to religiously do their exercises. And I have to like nicely tell them, you know, you're doing all of this with your butt clenched and, you know, all this downward pressure on your pelvic floor, and it's, it's making things worse. And they're so upset. You know, and yeah, so you're mad at you. Yeah, and I'm like, don't shoot <laughs> the messenger. Not, messenger. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but this is why you're in here because you've been doing all of this, or but, you know, I, I always say, well, if if what you were doing was working, you wouldn't be here. And I yeah. I hate to tell you this, um, but that's not you're not doing the right things. You have the right motivation, and we're going to work with that motivation. But then, you know, then we can quickly shift the tide of that conversation right. into hope. Like, but but don't despair. I'm going to mm-hmm. actually help you. And then you're going to be more effective. And don't you want to be more effective? Because your time is valuable. Absolutely. By yeah. Doing more squeezes, squeezes, squeezes. Um, people are, a lot of women are very, very determined to get this back better. And they will, they will do it to a point and then there's no way to maintain that and then they mm-hmm. give up and they feel like they failed and that yeah. breaks my heart it breaks Absolutely. my heart and then when I come in and I give them a handful of things to do and build it into their day and it's not nearly as intense or or extreme they doubt me they're like wait this can't be this can't be enough and I'm like, your body is not your enemy that needs to be beaten into submission. Yeah. You know, that's not what's happening here. We need to nurture, understand, align, balance. Like, yeah, yeah. I love well, that. And your functional okay. approach, too, of how, like, sometimes you do have to strip away all of the outside stimulus and you do need to sit quietly in a chair or lay down on the floor. But I like, in your approach, it's ultimately to be like, hey, when you're driving and at a stoplight or you're at the grocery yeah. store and your hands are on your cart, you yes. know, you're going to lift your kid. Like, and I, I talk about this for women all the time. I always say this type of rehab that we're going to do is not only going to help with your diastasis recti and the pelvic floor issues and your back pain, everything you're in here for now. But I always say this is the key to functional aging. Like Absolutely. this to me is like the ultimate reset button. So if you can start training your body now in your 30s or in your 40s, that every time you're going to get out of a chair, you're going to push your weight in your heels, zip up your abs, use your glutes, and that becomes your new motor pattern and you run that motor pattern for the next 30 to 40 years, you're going to be popping out of a chair great when you're in your 80s. Or every time you go up the stairs, if you stand up straight, drive with those glutes, you know, all mm-hmm. of the things that you and I teach people on the rehab and now I always say like if you can turn those into your habitual movement patterns, you're gonna yes. have a really strong functional time when you're an older person without this like, well, it's because I carved out half an hour a day and did these exercises yeah. religiously. You're right. gonna be functional. Yeah, if that half an hour a day like that might be helpful for a couple of key things, but really how they're living their life. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because I have this, this whole nother demographic in my business of, of these seniors, of these older yeah. uh, men and women, my men are like 50 to 75 years old. And my, I have this demographic. And they were all collegiate power lifters and athletes, right? <laughs> Cause blew out their backs. 
Yeah, or or something, some kind of athlete, and then sedentary, yes. and then all of a sudden, what happened? Yeah. Um, but they are wanting, and and then I have these these you know postmenopausal women who are also wanting to be strong for their life, you know, and yeah. in rehab after their pregnancies and for twenty years after their pregnancies. But it's not too late, you know. It's yeah. it's strategies and tools and and um motor patterns that are going to help you age beautifully and pain-free and yeah it's it's and we don't talk about it yeah we don't talk about it and I tell people like do this in the short term but also do it for the long term and and you know we work with a lot of the same demographic and so when I'm working with a mom that has a baby or a toddler I'm like hey listen if this all goes off the waist, like by the wayside and life gets crazy because kids start teething or you go back to work, don't bail on this. I'm like, if you walk in here and your youngest kid is four, and you're like, Michelle, I need to work on that core stuff we talked about. Come on back. Like we can always do it. You know, and I think that's another thing that gets lost in the messaging is like, if you're not, if you haven't like fully committed to a core rehab program by your first 12 months, 12 weeks postpartum, that it's 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 like gone by the wayside and it's something you'll never regain and that's a big thing that you know you and I would think really share common values in and that it's never too late you know there's always time I mean think about how demanding those first 12 weeks of of newborn care are to like to put that kind of pressure or the first 12 months the first yeah. three years, you know, um, to put that kind of pressure on women, it's now or never. Um, that's sad. I, I like to say, okay, I get where you're at. Hey, can I give you three things? Three yep. things that I want you to focus on, you know? And and it might be as simple as every time you're in the shower, I want you to rub your tummy. Yep. When, when you're in the car, I want you to take some deep breaths and, and connect to your core and I want you to think about how you're sitting when you're nursing. Those three yeah. things, you know, or that, that's I what I do a lot of that too. Yeah. I want you to one, elongate, be as tall as you can and in many ways as you can. Two, I want you to, you know, release your hamstrings and engage your core twice a day. And three, I want, you know, like give them something that is a bite-sized piece that helps that really does make an impact. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that maybe our experience through our personal motherhood journeys, our experience with working with so many women has helped us get some perspective and some compassion um, and, and see what's really going on and still help people move forward. No shame, no guilt. If they need, if they drop it all, do all, you know, and and then say, I, I did the shred it, 30 day shred it videos because I was desperate and now my pelvic floor is a mess and they don't want to come back because they're so embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. We've all done stuff like that. We've all done yeah. stuff like that. And I think I that tell them that too. I'm like, it's okay. Let's just start with where we're at. Yeah. This, you know, we can't undo what we did, but we know we learned from it. So let's, let's move forward from this point on. And that's, I think what's different from like what you were describing as your early career self. We're, you know, we're idealistic and we're, um, and we're, we're going from what we learned in school. It's like, you do this and you do this and you do this. And if you're not doing this and, but, but that's not real life. Um, and, and, you know, both of us have seen rehab, you know, physical therapists or chiropractics, chiropractors for our own stuff. And we all know what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And we, and we're professionals and we know what we need yeah. to do. But we, we know the reality. Like I don't have a wall like that to do that exercise in my house. So that exercise never gets done. You know? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah. Or when you just turn it into like another to do list, I think, for a new mom. And I feel like there's also this sort of cultural and societal pressure. And I think so I've seen just in my career, I think social media makes it look it makes it a lot worse. And, you know, it moms just get online and it looks like everybody else is doing it and everybody else is making time. And, you know, the funny part is, you know, working in a small town, I've had the the privilege and the luxury of, you know, some of those 
moms who are perceived as killing it and back at it and da da da. You know, I, I know them or they're friends and, and they're struggling too. And and I don't think that everybody has to connect over the difficulty, but that's a big part of um the work for me is just to normalize what a huge transition it is and just how how many things are going on at the same time and you've this little baby you've got to take care of and you know maybe emotional stuff in the birth to process or you're dealing with some postpartum depression and i think that is a very normal postpartum experience but there's i think in our culture this thing that's like if you're not if it's not like 99% sunshine and roses and you're getting out and exercising that somehow like there's you're doing it wrong or there's something wrong with you you know and and right. and that's a huge part for me is just normalizing that like you know i'll have women just i'm talking to them and they you know we're talking about birth recovery and strength and stability and they you know and they just kind of say well i don't have any time and and they go in and and they get all tearful and i'm like you hate your partner right now right and you want a divorce and they're like how would you know i'm the worst parent in the world and i'm like because literally everybody says that and they're like I thought I was the only one and like they're carrying it around like this black secret or I'll just say you know motherhood's really hard and it's okay to not be having fun every second and they burst into tears and they truly feel like they are the only person that is fairly confident at that moment of time that by having a child they have ruined their life forever right. <laughs> and they're never gonna come back from it and I'm like that's normal and when I tell them that they're like really you know, I thought I was an awful mom. I thought I was a terrible person. I think, like, we don't, no. I think we have to give give space for all of those yeah. feelings. And and one of the things that I I, I try to tell tell my clients is let's honor what your body is doing. Yeah. Right? Let's honor the fact that you pushed a human be grew a human being in your body, pushed it out of your body. Right. You know? Or endured a, a a surgery to take have it removed from your body, and then within minutes are trying to keep that baby alive by the juice of your boobs. <laughs> you know, it's amazing when and when you haven't slept and you haven't ate and you haven't you know done anything that you think is remotely um, productive. You know, let's honor that your body is amazing and not let's not like beat it back into shape you know or let's not right. like con, you know condemn it for for the difficulties it had in the birth process you know let's honor what your body is always fighting for your best and for the baby's best um and and you know it's it's we're just trying to we're trying to understand what what's going on and give you the right tools to honor that. And I think that just shifting people's perspective in that way mm -hmm. is yeah. so on you know eye-opening and it just changes the direction of where they're going. And yeah. 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 Well I agree. And you know I I tell a lot of the women I work with, I, I say, listen, it took your body nine months to create this baby and grow this baby and bring it into the world. Don't you think your body deserves an equal amount of time to recoup and recover and, you know, find its balance again? Like, don't you think that like giving it six weeks or whatever these crazy numbers we are to like, you should be fine or 12 weeks. Don't you think that's kind of unfair, especially because now you're, you're not sleeping and you're, you right. know, it's like just, your baby left. is like watching your heart outside of your body walk around yeah. and you know like it's like you've also just gone through like one of the biggest shifts in your life yeah. like don't you think nine months is like that seems to me like almost no time you know yeah. the first six weeks should just be rest and recovery like yeah. just just like let's get our bearings you know well, one of my friends who's um she was at my first birth and she's a retired midwife and she's quite a bit older now um you know she said like when i got into midwifery she said we would always say to women you need two weeks in bed two weeks around the bed and two weeks around the house and now like you and i both know with our musculoskeletal backgrounds that movement is good and you know you don't want to like literally lay in bed for two weeks 
But I do think that there is a little bit of ancient wisdom that we're losing in that sentiment of, you know, that means someone's bringing you food for two weeks. And and think about what that means. That doesn't mean you'll never get out of bed for two weeks, but it does mean that if you just have that mindset, I need two weeks, just think about how, how nice that is on your pelvic floor. Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And now, you know, people are really proud where I live in a really active community. They want to be on their skis six weeks postpartum. They want to be out mountain biking six weeks postpartum. And, you know, and I want them to do things that make them feel good. But at the same time, I always say it like, you know, your body deserves a rest and you should rebuild your foundation kind of what I try to explain to them is like, if you can rebuild it slow and steady and functionally, then you can go back to all those activities you love. And it's like this nice, long, like growth curve, right? It's like the plane might take a little while to get off the runway. And that means like, maybe we're not hopping back on our bike, getting out of the saddle, doing hard uphill climbs at four or six weeks postpartum. But, you know, maybe we work on some more foundational core work, DR work, pelvic floor stability. And as you go back to those things, then you can improve and improve and improve and get your functionality back. And it's like you just take off and you're soaring. And when I see women push it, they can do it initially and then they crash. Yeah. Yeah, They plummet. And and they crash and they're so so distraught. They thought they were doing it all. Oh, panic and despair and distraught and um, just too much too soon. And nobody likes to be told that. Absolutely nobody likes to be told that. Um, But if we can prevent, oh my gosh, if we can prevent the injuries, we're we're so far ahead. Um, But I think it comes in the messaging of honoring what our body has done and um, and, and respecting our long-term goals. You know, what are the long-term goals for your body? Um, Not just you know, and who is setting this expectation? Um, it, it's interesting. Like I, I share a little bit about um, one of the things my husband said when going into my last birth, I had really difficult births and um, going into my last birth, um, he, he said, he's like, let's just get the epidural right away. And, and I was like, I was like, you know, why? I was getting induced It's a long story, but, and he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, honey, you got nothing to prove here. You got nothing to prove. We're going to get a baby today. We're here to get a baby. And mm-hmm. let's get a baby, whether it comes out via a C-section or you have an epidural, you got nothing to prove here. And um, I didn't realize by him saying that how much I was trying to prove to some imaginary world um, of what my what what a strong woman could do in her birth experience but also I think postpartum you know who are we who am I trying to please what am I trying to accomplish what what's really going on and and getting a little bit of perspective and um you know and just wanting you know to mother long-term well and you know I'm in a season where my my kids are uh, young adults and teenagers, and there's a there's an emotional strength and an emotional capacity that's required of my body that has to have a physical foundation that mm-hmm. you are not expecting until it hits you smack in the face, right? Yeah. And and so I think that us us being a voice out there to help women, you know, we're not saying you can't do these things. We're just saying let's do them the right way so that you can do them. For the rest of your life, you know, yes. and make a smart on. plan that's sustainable. That's not yes. setting you up for a crash and burn, because right. that I think is so disheartening it when is. they get injured and then have to sit out the rest of the ski season or they're overtraining or they haven't trained or strengthened their pelvic floor enough to really do the training for the race that they're you know, I always say like, you have to like get in shape to run, not run to get in shape postpartum, you know, and, and they're running, but they never, they're running to get in shape, but they never got in shape to run. And then they're so devastated when they have like their goal of their 5k or their marathon, whatever it is. And their body is, you know, 
if you don't listen to your body, your body will, will pull the emergency brake, whether you like it or not. So I'm yeah. never like, don't do that. You can't, I know ne- I'm never that doctor, but I'm like, Hey, you know, um, your cervix is falling out of your vagina. Like your body is really <laughs> telling you hey, something here. <laughs> yep. Like, like, I don't think we can ignore this. You know, I think we really need to address this. And I think this is your body telling you, um, this is too much too soon. But I think a big part of it is that like you and I, like part of why we're such good friends is like, we get this and we love nerding out about this. I think there's also an inherent, um, like gray, not gray area, but maybe just, there's not, there's not time in our healthcare system. Like I really firmly believe that like, we have really amazing sick care in our country, but it's sort of been at the expense of healthcare and wellness. And all of this stuff is really preventative, proactive, it takes time. And our current system doesn't allow for that time in those postpartum visits doesn't to talk about it, any of these things. It. Yeah, doesn't yeah. cover it, doesn't pay for it. And so and we live um, in a mentality that that so many Americans feel like, well, if it's a, if my insurance doesn't pay for it, then I must not need it. You know, yeah. the or if my doctor all didn't know say it. anything. Yeah, if my mm-hmm. doctor didn't diagnose it, or my doctor says, I don't know how that, if that's going to work, then I need to believe that. I feel like the one, one of the good things that social media has done is it has given a voice to people's personal stories um, yeah. in a way where people can say, you know, advocate for yourself. Maybe this is something going on. Look into this for yourself. And, and you know, I think that most people find me from word of mouth of some another mom or another mm-hmm. family member. Um, or they've been on a deep dive in Google going, there's got to be something. There's yeah. got to be something out there that's more than this five-minute workout that seems too good to be true. And I know some of the things that we share do seem too good to be true, but if we give you a lot of educational background of why these things work. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think there's like this top-down problem where people are like, well, my OB and my postpartum visits never told me I should do this. They never really assessed it. They said, this will just continue to improve. And and I just like to tell women, like, it's, it's not their fault. And their hands are getting so tied. They have so much more, I'm sure they would love to spend so much more time they'd love to spend with women so much more time they'd love to, you know, set that foundation and be that advocate. But we've stuffed them into this box of managing sick care. So if you don't have an infection and, you know, you're not going to die from anything that's going on in your body, then you're, you're quote unquote fine. And so I think that people find us and they want to go like, they, they want to be upset at the system for not telling them this is really crucial, necessary work that everybody should do. But I don't think it's the midwife's fault or the doctor's fault because that's not really part of what's defined in their job, but it's just doing so many women a disservice that nobody is saying, you know, this is what you should do. Like, I would love, I would love for everybody to like leave the hospital or birth center or even a home birth experience with, you know, like somebody really saying like, oh, this is just standard practice that your body went through a lot. And here are some resources that, you know, everybody should do. Everybody right. should have an assessment. Like, and like, but also the mental health. Like, I think everybody should have a therapy appointment. You know? Absolutely. You know, but Absolutely. It's, just, it's like, but we're and, so focused on the sick in yeah. our country that, yeah. you know, like that, the mental health and, you know, you know, your, your musculoskeletal well-being. It's like, that's all considered wellness care. And so there's just, there's no time, there's no resources. And I think. Yeah. Even in the mental health, it's like, you have to be, have to have had to commit suicide to get the help, the emergency help, right? Like everything else is like, well, you can get on a waiting list. You know, you have to show that you really, really are serious, you know? And, and it's like, okay, we need, we need to adjust. We need to fix that. We need to fix that in the system. And, and, you know, I, I, um, wrote several kind of article blogs about what I call what should be the new standard of care. And it, mm-hmm. I don't think it should be new. 
It's basic, yeah. basic standard of care. And I'm not expecting the doctors to have the information we have, but at least know that there is information out there. And, right. um, and that's also why I do the professional training, you know, mm-hmm. and what's interesting is when you first came to me, you were very pregnant and this yes, was before, this is before I actually had a professional training pro like website and a platform. Like at yeah. that point I was just letting professionals come and shadow me and they would shadow me and then we would discuss and they would shadow me and then we would discuss, um, which I still feel like is incredibly valuable. Um, but not everybody can fly to the Pacific Northwest and shadow me. Right. And so you really inspired me to create, um, online courses for people like sharing, just sharing what I do. Like I felt like, well, you know, I, I don't have this research and that research and all that stuff, but really we just, we have years and years of clinical experience and this is what we do. And this, and, and the, the, the feedback has been really great. Um, but it's not enough, you know, there's not enough yeah. professionals doing this work. Like I yeah. am not out there to compete with the other people that are doing this work because we need all the help we can get. I just, that's want what I say too. I want yeah, the right information like- out there. Yeah. And like I, I used to do before kids, I used to do more professional speaking and things like that, but I will still make time in my schedule and drop what I'm doing. If somebody says, you know, will you come talk about pelvic floor, diastasis rehab, or, you know, by infant biomechanics or how the infant's musculoskeletal system affects breastfeeding, I will drop what I'm doing to go talk to nurses and MDs and medical students and, you know, because I just, we, we don't time. need them to be the gatekeeper, but I want them to understand that there is this whole other world. And it's, it's really cool to watch them get excited about it, you know, yeah, because they're, they're, they're they the same me. group that we are, you know, it's like they're, we're all on the same team, but yeah. if they can um, get exposed to something that maybe would have otherwise just been a paragraph in a paper or a quick chapter at the end of a book about like, well, there's persistent pain and just refer them to PT. You know, I feel like it's, it's so critical for people like yourself and myself to really be willing to build those bridges professionally and take the time to help educate. You you just don't know until you, until you know. And, and I, what I, I try to always be as fair as possible to the professionals out there because I was one of them. I didn't mm-hmm. know. I didn't learn this in school unless I, because I had a personal experience and then a lot of my friends had s- similar personal experiences. I would have never gone down this path to find this yeah. information, but I had to search for it and then I had to create it because right. even what was out there wasn't enough. And it didn't, it didn't blend with all the other stuff I knew to be true about how the body works and, and just even my because it was really oh. narrow and really repetitive, right? It was yes. like if your if your core is strong, you just exercise your core muscles over and over and over and over, and that's it. And it's like that's not how our bodies work, you know? That, it, it, yeah, there and and that's what all the message all the messaging out there was. So it was either it was either you know you know hyper activate the transverse with no yep. regard to what that might be doing with the pelvic floor. Or the diaphragm. Or the diaphragm or anything else, right? Yeah. Um, and if they're even doing it correctly, right? Because they might just be doing the wrong thing the whole time. Um, or the other approach is all kind of bio biomechanics and alignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is both pieces have a have a role, you know. Um but and the muscles move the bones, right? Like that's yeah, and then there's a middle approach of like yeah. what form of fitness won't make it worse but could make it better, right? So, so yeah. there's kind of those three areas that are, are roaming around. And I really feel like there's a lot of detail between those areas that, that I've kind of filled in, <laughs> you know, so that it's yeah, a you have. comprehensive yeah. approach of how our bodies function. And I think this all came from my background in stroke and brain injury rehab, where when we're retraining the body, you know, yes, like 
for these basic needs, it's the most important thing for this person is for them to be able to walk to the bathroom, use the bathroom, and walk back from the bathroom. If we can get that, now we can move from there. And I know that sounds like, oh, the basics, but we there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen to get that yeah. work. And so, like, how that's function. Who cares if you can, you know, lift a tire over your head if you can't, you know, carry your kids when they're teething without back pain, yeah. you know, like. Absolutely. You know, really trying to to look at that big picture. Um, okay. We could talk forever and I have so many other questions for you. So we're going to have to do another podcast, but okay. I do want to, I do want to um, have you share just a little bit, a little teaser about how your, your focus and your practice, you took this functional stuff and how you kind of talked a little bit about lactation. You talked a little bit about babies. Tell me how your, your passion has kind of morphed into what you're, you're, you're going to start doing now or what you're doing now. Well, I think, you know, it all started with treating pregnant women, but I've really seen over my career that, you know, once the baby is here, all the focus is on the baby and not on the mom. You know, I always say sometimes the baby's like this amazing fruit that you grew and you're like the peel tossed on the compost pile, you know, and you're pregnant and like everyone in the world is opening doors for you and holding the elevator and they have a baby and you've got like a screaming kid in your hands and your boobs are leaking and, you know, maybe we're in a pad because you got pelvic floor stuff and like somebody let like a 20 pound door shut that you got to catch, you know, and it's like, it's so crazy to me that we're so like, oh, the baby, you know, and, and even and like when people want to help you, like they, they just want to hold the baby, and you know, and so my you true passion, a meal? I need to yeah. eat so I can keep yeah. that baby alive. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just would love a snack, you know, and so um, I really got and, and some of this, like your experience too, really, I moved a little more out of the pelvic floor world and into feeding issues, because that was where I had just so many struggles postpartum and I fell through the cracks as a nursing mom and and I, I got so fascinated in feeding issues and tongue tie that you know I ended up becoming a lactation consultant on top of this. And so my practice, I owned and ran a really big clinic with another doctor and associates and massage therapists. And the work I do is so unique that insurance doesn't know what to do with me. And God forbid you have two licenses, they just really don't know what to do. And it, it just became, um, my clinical passion really became helping more women and not running a big clinic. And so now, um, starting on Monday, actually, the November 1st, I'm going to be working as a one woman show, but really able to just utilize all of my skills. And so what tends to happen is I may see women during pregnancy for musculoskeletal pain. I love doing that. And I will still always do that. And, but there's, a, there's other people they go to. And then when they're postpartum and they're having feeding challenges and they feel like however they birth kind of chewed up and spit out, that's when I really love working with women. And we start with whatever is the most acute issue, whether it's a broken tailbone or mastitis or an underweight baby. What's so lovely is like I have. I have the tools to kind of help them no matter where they are. And and it's not always me. Sometimes it's referring them to someone else. But, you know, I had this moment where I had like, like a couple of years ago, every week I had women start crying and they were like, your hands on care is so helpful and making me feel so much better. But it's all of this, not advice, but like helping give them a framework of like, Here's the, here's the main issue. Here's what we can do about these three things. Here's the next thing we need to think about. Here's what you can do. Like just helping give them like a framework to hang all this stuff on. Like, why is the baby fussy? What's going on with your milk supply? When are you going to go back to work? And that really, and they all just were like, thank you so much. That's so helpful. But I'm not like any special guru. It's that I have listened to and heard what works and what doesn't work for like literally thousands and thousands of moms. And you yeah. start hearing the same things. You start hearing the same struggles. You start giving the same advice 
and yeah. learning. Was that helpful? Was that not? What is helpful? You know, and I thought I can put this all together in a course. And so yeah. as I am now will have a little bit more free time because I'm not managing a big clinic. Um, I'm really excited to get these two courses launched. And so the first one is called Breastfeeding 911. And there's a lot of breastfeeding classes out there that are free and it's like magic and the baby just latches great. And, you know, they're kind of like everything's supposed to just come together. And, you know, most of us who've had feeding struggles, there's a moment at two in the morning, baby screaming, you're crying. You're like, I don't even know why I had a kid and you need help right that second. And that's what this class is for, because there is nothing like that. And so this is sort of like the the troubleshooter. And I think this is a moment when a lot of moms just give up because they feel so unsupported. And I want yeah. them to just feel like they have a better set of information to make whatever decision is best for them and, right. um, and navigate that. And then the other one is called surviving the first 16 weeks. Because we talk about 12 weeks postpartum and that's kind of like when everybody goes back to work, but really I think it needs to be 16 weeks. And and there's a lot of reasons behind that. And if you're breastfeeding, like your milk supply shifts at 12 weeks, there's just a ton going on. Uh, but I really wanna help women in those first few months feel like they have a foundation back underneath them, physically, nutritionally, emotionally. And it's just kind of a roadmap. You know, it's kind yeah. of a roadmap. I, I I feel like quite often when you have a new baby, it's like you're underwater all of a sudden. And you're just like, wow, I'm in this crazy environment, like, y y you know, that's so different and so foreign. And you've never been there before. And you have to swim to the surface and catch the breath of air. And then you're like kind of sucked back underwater. And you're yeah. swimming up and grab a breath of air. And it's like, I want that course to be like a lifeline for moms or, you know, like a life ring that you throw so that they're like, okay, I'm floating. Like, and I'm yeah. here and I'm floating and I can see the shore and I can start making my way there, but not feel so underwater. And, and none of it is magic advice, but it's small, simple tips that have worked for thousands of other moms that in that moment of being so just sleep deprived and exhausted and going through the hormonal shifts that your body's going through, it's just not stuff that you think about on your own. But no. when you just yeah. stay, you can't gather you can't. new information. And it's not no. even something you can prepare ahead of time because you don't, you have no idea what you're going to need. No, I was blindsided. I was like, no. I got this in the bag. I, you know, my mom was a nurse midwife. I've been treating moms and babies for all these years. I've got birthing hips. I thought I'd sneeze and cough out the baby at home, you know, and <laughs> it, 24 hours of back labor and a C-section later, like yeah. you know, my world was rocked, you yeah. know, and, and I think that's a fairly normal experience. And then my postpartum was rocked. And yeah. so, um, and so it's just drawing on all the work I've done for so long, putting something together that somebody can look at from home. They can just have like, I just want women to feel like they have a set of tools that helps teach them how to advocate for themselves, simple things they can do at home. And then like, when you're ready for more, what can you do? Like go take one of your courses and, you know, but just kind yeah. of give them like realistic timeframes, yeah. simple yeah. steps, just yeah. to help feel more successful because I think that's really, it's really missing. You know, I think we yes. have a lot of like get fit fast, but no, like get just how, it, who, what's your new right. normal? More than survive. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I, I so. think it's so needed. And I love that you, you could, you know, you just saw what was missing and what need, what needed to be. And you, you make it, you kind of see what's missing yeah. and you create it. That's kind of how I've created most of the things I do. I see what's missing and I create the program and I share the information because I want people. I, and I think that, I think that being um, a fresh, kind, clear voice out there is so needed, you know, mm -hmm. it's just so needed. And yeah. I, I see that a lot in the e-sessions I do with clients where, you know, a lot of times they just needed somebody to say, it's okay. This is going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, not, in, a, in, not, in an unhurried way. Deal. Yeah, this is a big deal. I'm not, you know, you're you're not making stuff up. 
this is hard work. Um, yeah. and you're under a lot, but I'm going to help you. This is, and, and you're going to, it's going to get better. And, um, and I think that providing that is going to be so great. Okay. Um, like I said, we can talk forever. And well, thank gonna, you for having me. Yeah. I'm going to share some stuff in our podcast notes so they can find out a little bit more about what you're doing. I know you're just kind of just getting out there, but we'll, we'll, when, when things are launching, we'll have you back on and we'll, we'll share more then. Um, you know, and I think it's just great for our, our listeners to hear from a chiropractor um, to, to really see how this does all kind of play, you know, we all, we're all on the same team, you know, yeah, it's absolutely. not me or your chiropractor. It's me yeah. and your chiropractor. You and <laughs> I work know? together all the time. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. It's, it's great. Well, all thank right. you so much. I appreciate it. It was a total honor and so good to see you. So good to see you too. And we'll do this again soon. And um, thank you so much for sharing just your passion and what you're seeing, what you've seen with the women and with this work and with diastasis recti and how important it is. Um, gosh, I, I, I think back to all the things that we talked about. I think, oh, we should talk more about this. We should talk more about this, but I'll make notes and we'll do it next time. Okay. Um, all right. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this week. And uh, like I said, I'm going to have some some podcast notes um, about, you know, better standard of care, um, some of the professional courses that we have, and some links directly to Dr. Michelle Gerby and um, how you can kind of connect with her. And thank you so much. And always look at what we're doing at thetummyteam.com. We have tons of free resources for you, and we would love to help you be strong for the life you're meant to live. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.